the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're just going to wrap up our topic of foreclosures as far as what to do if you are in that foreclosure mode. And next week, we'll talk about how to buy them and the different kinds that you have. So, Ace, you have any words that you want to share with our listeners before um, I have our um, senior, 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 best, best, best legal expert, um, Stephen Ebert, who's a partner in Kasson Kasson, he's going to talk to you about the latest um, legal things. Any any advice you want to give the uh, anybody in foreclosure that people that are facing foreclosure? Yes, yes, and, and yeah. the hour went by so fast. Um, I, I just wanted to leave this with our listeners that they don't have the ability to go in and um, start the foreclosure process until 90 to 120 days um, from, from default, right? So you have some time, and you also have 30 to 60 days to respond. So, you know, the, the one thing that I'll leave here to our listeners is just make sure you're communicating with them. Don't wait the 90 to 120 days. If you know you're, you haven't paid your mortgage payments, let's say, within the first 60 days, go ahead and, and be proactive and reach out to them. And uh, really figure out a payment plan, you know, let them know, um, discuss your hardship, and they will work with you, right? So I'll, I'll leave you with that. I'm always here to help you guys and, and you know, always extremely happy to be on the show, Dottie. I can't believe the hour already passed, but you guys are in great hands with Stephen Ebert. He's amazing. And um, I will see everyone again next week. All right, Dottie? And, yes, and All we'll right, continue Stephen. talking about foreclosures when you want to buy them. Okay, Stephen. Definitely. All right. Take care. Um, Stephen needs no introduction. He is the legal expert for Ion Real Estate, and a lot of all of our very big clients use him. He's and I always tell you, you need to use a real estate attorney when it's a real estate matter. But today, Stephen is going to be talking about negotiation points and considerations for sellers and brokerage exclusive agreements and the preparation if they are selling their primary residence and purchasing a new residence at the same time, especially if they need the proceeds from the sale to fund the purchase. He's going to talk about what happens if they sell a property with a tenant in place, if the tenant's in, in, in the property when you go to sell your house, and what are some of the considerations when selling a home, and that's a whole lot of information to know. So, Stephen, take it away. 
Good morning, Dottie. Yeah, you know, we're, we're next week. I can't believe it. It's going to be March, and we're really getting into that spring market. And, and now you're seeing a lot of sellers list. And what happens is a lot of times they call up their attorney and say, oh, just wanted to let you know, you know, I had somebody come by an open house this weekend, and it uh, looks like we're going to accept their offer, so can you write the contract? And that happens a lot, and that's fine. But the more you plan, and we've talked about this preparation, the smoother and better the process is. And it starts with really the first legal document that you sign. And we're going to, what happens is when you're signing up a, a listing, you're going to be signing an exclusive. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, if people think about it, you're not paying your real estate agent by the hour, right? You're paying them a commission based on the sale and going to conclude the process. And so the brokerage commission agreement, the exclusive rightfully will say, here are some requirements on the seller, not just on what your, your broker will do for you. And so one of the most important questions is the price. The law is if your broker brings you a ready, willing, and able buyer for the price in that agreement, you do have an obligation to sell because they've really earned their commission. Now, many brokerages will work with you, but the agreement actually says if they bring a buyer for that price, you have to sell. So the first thing is you need to have a conversation really amongst yourselves as a seller and say, wait a minute, the market's maybe at a certain price, um, but let me be realistic. And what number am I putting into this agreement? And that's really important that you're satisfied with it. The other thing to keep in mind is while most sellers – and their brokers have a wonderful relationship, and it's a long-term relationship, sometimes things do fall apart. So in the agreement, it is going to say how long the exclusive is. And there's two different tensions here. On the one hand, if the time period in which the broker has the exclusive is too long, a seller might get frustrated and say, how come it hasn't sold by this time? On the other hand, if it's too short, you have... The, the agent and their brokerage spending time, spending money marketing, maybe giving a lot of advice on how to do stage the property, signage, and so forth. They've made an investment in the homeowner and their home to sell without even receiving one penny from the homeowner. That's, I mean, when you think about it, the industry does a lot to help the consumer because the, the companies are investing in the consumer before they even get one penny back on the hopes that it sells. So there really is a symbiotic relationship, and the parties need to understand that. The other thing is they need to understand their market and their price point. Depending upon where you are geographically, depending upon the type of property, and pretending, pretending, um, depending upon the, the amount, the you know, commission percentage can vary a little bit. And that's something to have an upfront conversation um, with the agent. Understanding if the brokerage is affiliated with and part of the MLS in the suburbs, are they part of the Real Estate Board of New York Revenue in the city, right? Um, and, and how do they work with and cooperate with other companies? And understanding how co-brokeraging work is very important because that's a real factor to consider um, when agreeing to the right kind of percentage. Because remember this also, on the one hand, of course, everybody always wants to pay as little as possible. But if you don't pay an appropriate amount, 
not only is it not going to properly incentivize the people working for you, but it's also going to make a difference when buyers who are represented, they're going to be looking at actually what that split might be. So that these are really all things to consider when negotiating that exclusive agreement at the beginning. And I know, Dottie, your agents do a great job. They're well-trained on actually how to approach clients and really make sure it's an agreement that fits in well in the market, both geographically and also at the price point for the property. For sure. For sure. That's something that, you know, you do individually with, you know, the homeowners and um, certainly um, there's no set way. Each case is individual. Yeah, and that's where also really when you have you know, have a company, you know, Element does a great job with it, um, having really strong managers supporting their agents because they'll also have a good understanding because they're seeing so many exclusives coming in within the company. They're seeing what other firms are doing. So they can really give best practices um, and really have a cooperative dialogue with sellers uh, in, in advance um, on that agreement. So, so now that we have the agreement in place, you know, then you're going to have actually a plan in place for marketing, for open houses, and I'm going to really approach it more from the legal side. Obviously, an experienced agent will talk about really how to position some home, maybe fixing up a few things and so forth to make sure things are in order. But there are a few legal things that you want to keep in mind. And, and I'm going to really do a little bit of a scattershot because I know our listeners are all over the place. So one of them is environmental. For those of you who live in some of the suburban communities, you might have an oil tank or a septic system. Make sure not only you're maintaining these systems, but also see and think about where you are and really are using best practices. What do I mean? Years ago, oil tanks were just put in the ground. They would dig a hole and put them in the ground. Unfortunately, some of those older oil tank systems were really not designed to be in the ground for the many decades they're there. And some of them degrade, and you can have an oil spill. So if you are selling a home that has an in-ground oil tank, keep in mind that should be checked. Keep in mind in the majority of cases, with very few exceptions, if you have an issue with your oil tank, that's typically not covered by homeowner's insurance. So one of the things that a buyer is going to look for if there is oil servicing the house, has the tank been removed out of the ground? Do you have any paperwork to that effect to demonstrate it? So now's the time, if you've bought a house and you've taken the oil tank out of the ground, or you maybe have an oil tank insurance, really double check to make sure you have that paperwork because any diligent buyer's attorney is going to ask to see that. Other thing is this. If you have a septic system. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you. There's so many many little things that if people had their checklist and planned, they could really have a very smooth contract signing process. The whole thing is this. Whether you're on the buyer side or seller side, if we can just check off these little stumbling blocks – so that when you actually make a good match, you don't have to worry about them. And it's not a lot of work. There's, there's just really a few things. And, and another one that trips up a lot of people are septic systems. You know, a lot of people also have been working from home these last two years, so they're using their plumbing systems more than they may have pre-COVID. 
make sure that these systems are cleaned and maintained. But if you're about to put your house on the market, I'm going to tell you something counterintuitive. If you're about to have your open houses, don't clean the septic tank. The reason is a, home, a buyer will want to inspect the septic system. And if you've just cleaned it, they can't inspect it properly. They actually need to see it in use. So if you're about to put your home on the market, don't say, oh, let me be nice and clean it for them. Leave it because that way they can actually properly inspect the septic system. Should Very you pay important. for that, Stephen? So, like, if they leave it and the buyer asks you to have as one of the conditions to clean the septic tank? Or generally speaking, yeah, you know, generally – yeah, generally speaking, the buyer pays for it. I would say the customs are the buyer pays for the inspections. Though sort of one exception is, and this does depend on the county that you're in, if the house has a well instead of municipal water. You know, it was funny. I grew up in Long Island, then I lived in Manhattan, and now I'm in Westchester. And, you know, growing up in, in Long Island, the idea of having a well, you know, and I was not far from the city, you know, was shocking. And then all of a sudden, yeah. as I've gotten older and seen it, there are a tremendous number of homes with private wells. Um, so depending upon which county you're in, some of them have Department of Health requirements that they um, be paid by the seller a test to make sure the water is what we call potable. That's to make sure that the water is drinkable and safe. Because if you think about it, municipal water they're testing it regularly if somebody just has a private well who's testing it so the law is very clear in most counties not every when it's the home is being rented or sold if it hasn't been tested recently then it has to be tested and that's done by the seller and that's usually a small cost around a hundred dollars or so um but also keep in mind with this, this is also very important it's only testing the water quality it is not testing the water reserve. So keep in mind, those tests don't check the equipment that they're functioning well. It doesn't check how strong the water pressure is out of there, how fast it replenishes. So that's something to keep in mind if you're a, doing a transaction have a home with a well, because that can come up. And some inspectors kind of overdo it, right? Some home inspectors I've seen well, they'll say, oh, I want to make sure there's enough water. And they'll turn on everything, every shower, tubs, flush the toilets. Well, at a certain point, you can overstress a system. So it's also really important when you're having a home inspector, again, that relationship with the real estate agent, when you have your listing agent, make sure that they're watching the home inspector. Because on the one hand, you give them an opportunity to, quote, kick the tires, but you don't want them, you know, accelerating the car to 150 miles per hour either when they're kicking the tires. You know, there's a fine right, balance and, between the two. And I always tell people you should go to the home inspection yourself because if you just get that report, even a brand-new house has, you know, things that are wrong. And they sound like – a lot of them sound like, like crazy. So I always say to ask as he goes through the house or she goes through the house, ask, gee, and what would this repair cost? Because some of them are very trivial. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to even add two more points. I see this come up so many times. Think of a home inspection as a stoplight, red, yellow, or green, right? And sure, we'd love to have a green on everything, but sometimes the yellow is misexplained, right? 
I've seen inspectors, and there's a, and you got to be careful on good communication. They talk about here's something you might want to upgrade. Well, wanting to upgrade something doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it, and also something that's not brand new doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. So it's very important that when I'm on the seller side, I always look at an inspection report with really a little bit of, uh, of you know, thorough, extra thoroughness in it and saying, are they making a point where there's something wrong? Or are they saying, hey, buyer, you might need to upgrade the air conditioner in the next five years. But that doesn't mean there's anything wrong and that the seller should give any credit for it. So it's very important to go through that thoroughly and see the style of writing that the inspector uses. Good point. Good point. Um, so now that we're doing that, and all of a sudden now we're thinking about things. A lot of times people are not fully familiar with the tax rules. And I'll tell you so many times, Dottie, I have homeowners saying, if I sell my home and buy a new one within a year, I don't have to pay any taxes on, on the gain. And that was the rule if you sold your home on or before 1986. So, Dottie, think about this for a second. 1986. 36 years ago. <laughs> and people still quote me that rule. Well, it's, it, it, there's so, a lot to you know, know about real estate. If they don't keep up with it, it's hard. That's why we do this show, to keep you current. Absolutely. So I want to tell everyone what the actual rule is, is when you sell your primary residence. Now, the rule is, and if people are really bored and they want to look up the section of the tax code, they're welcome. It's section 121. And what it says at its most basic level is if you've had a home and for any two, and it doesn't have to be consecutive to, but any two out of the last five years, it's been your primary residence. If you're single, a quarter million, if you're married, a half a million of the gain is exempt from capital gains tax. So I want to say that one more time. If any two out of the last five years, the home you're selling is your primary residence, the first quarter million if you're single or half million if you're married is exempt from capital gains tax. But there's a lot more to the story. Number one, there is no special rule if it's your first home, if you're a senior, doesn't matter. You get to do this. And here, here's the thing about this, Dottie, and this is what's actually fascinating. If you haven't sold a primary residence in the last two years, you can do it. So Wait, literally, again, if you haven't sold um, in the a, last two years, a primary residence in the last two years, you can take advantage of this tax shelter. So Wait, literally, if you move every two years to a new home, you can take that quarter million or half a million tax shelter every time. It's not a one-time thing. It's not if it's a senior. So literally, if let's say you lived in a home. Let's say you bought a home in 2018, and then in 2021, three years later, you sold it. You can take that tax shelter. And then let's say now you moved into that new home in 21, and then in 2023, you can do it again. So you can do this multiple times. So it's a real savings if you've moved a lot. You have multiple times in which you can take that tax exemption. And that's really important if you're a seller. It can save you a lot of money. That really can. And what about the rest? So then, then how is the rest of it taxed? 
And if you move to a if you move to a bigger house, let's say you spend more money, does, does it roll? You know, does it? Well, here's the amazing thing: you could do whatever you want to do. If you buy a smaller home, a bigger home, or a rental, the tax law still works for you. So, and we can talk more about that after the break. But it really is a great tax rule. Thank you. I think we have a break coming up. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. You know, ever since I started taking it, I've really noticed a change in just how I feel. I feel really great all the time. Uh, You know how sometimes in the afternoon when you've been working, you just kind of feel drained or whatnot? Well, with taking the Balance of Nature, I don't feel that way. I feel like I have energy all day long. It's, it's just great. It's a great product, and you guys have been great every time I've called. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are just wonderful, and uh, I'm just so thankful that I found your product, and I'm thankful that I have it because, you know, I'll, I'll take it from now on because it just it makes me feel so great. It really does. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code JOE. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be the sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour here on AM 970. Get thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Choose from a wide selection of trim levels in either front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, all featuring the flexibility of third-row seating. And you'll be sure to find just the right Mitsubishi Outlander for you during the spring sales of going on now. Take advantage of special financing or special lease rates on every new 2022 Outlander. Some conditions apply. See Freehold Mitsubishi for details. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com. That's FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com surroundnewyork.com connecting you with new customers continuing with eye on real estate your premier source for real estate information here's the host of eye on real estate the vice chair of douglas elliman Dottie herman So, Dottie, we're back. So we're just finishing before the commercial, just again on that tax rule, Section 121. Again, you can sell your primary residence every two years, and as long as it's been your primary for the last two years, 
the first quarter million dollars of gain if you're single or half a million if you're married is exempt. And you could sell your home and move into a rental. You can move into a smaller home, a bigger home, doesn't matter. And you still can take care, you can still take advantage of this very powerful tax shelter. Now, people do have to be careful about one thing, right? Particularly during COVID, people moved around a lot, right? So some people maybe rented out their home and then moved back in. So in certain scenarios, depending upon if you particularly had it as an investment property for some of those five years, right? You can imagine, let's say it was my primary residence for two years. I rented it out for two years under COVID, and now I'm going to sell. You now sort of have a blended set of tax rules. You get some of this exemption, but you get partially also treated as investment property. So my point is that sometimes the simple rule is perfectly applicable. It's a very flexible rule, but people should be mindful, particularly people who have been moving around during COVID, that those numbers of a quarter million or half a million may be reduced if they've mixed up their usage as a primary with investment for that same property that they're selling. That's interesting. So, 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 but, but why understand? So, so in other words, but if I, if it's my last house, let's say I'm retiring and I'm selling my house and I decide, you know, I don't, I don't want to have the headaches of home ownership anymore. So I'm going to rent. Um, if I, what happens if I buy a cheaper house? What's great about the new rule, so under the old rule before 1986, you only had a tax, a zero tax event if you bought a house that was equal or greater. But since 1986, it doesn't matter. You can buy a house that's more expensive, you can buy a house that's cheaper, or you could move into a rental. As long as two out of the last five years it was your primary residence and you haven't sold another primary residence in the last two years, you get your quarter million or half a million in in the basic case. Again, if you've also rented it, there's a little bit more of a story, but if it's always been your primary, that's it. So it's a really powerful tool um, and important to understand and really important that you don't miss that window because it's based on the closing date. So, Dottie, I'll mention this one point. Imagine you lived in your home in Long Island, and it was your primary residence for 25 years, right? You raise kids there. You know, that's your home. Then all of a sudden you say, you know what? I'm going to buy a condo in Florida. And all of a sudden you make Florida your primary residence. And you've had the, the, your, your home, quote, unquote, now become your second home. The fact that you lived there as your primary for 25 years doesn't matter. What only matters is what's happened the last five years. And if you wait more than three years to sell because you've moved your primary home from that house in Long Island to Florida, you lose that half-million-dollar tax savings. Very important to understand the calendar, and it's based on moving and closing dates. So I urge everyone, particularly because there's such an important analysis, what we call residency planning, For people who have multiple homes, and they may be registered to vote in one location, but they have their car license plates from another location, 
and they spend time here and time there, and there's sort of a cloud as to where their primary residence is, please be in touch because that could make all the difference on whether you have a half a million dollar tax shelter or not. Very Thank important. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. You are so knowledgeable, and it's uh, great to keep everyone updated. Thank you, and have a great weekend. And with that, I have um, Alfred Renner, who is a senior New York manager, one of the best in the business that I know, and also a friend. More, well, I don't know if it's morning or afternoon. I lose track of time. Good morning or close to afternoon, Alfred. How are you? Good morning, Dottie. I, I think it depends on where you're located, if it's morning or afternoon. Well, I know, but it's kind of late morning, almost afternoon, right? Yes. Can we can we change the word can we change the word senior manager to a highly experienced manager? Okay, any day of the week. Well let me just tell you something. If you were able to see Alfred and we weren't doing radio, you would see that he is a very good looking man. Very uh, and dresses to the nines and you would love him like I do. But oh, Alfred thank you. Yes. Give us an update on, you know, you know, we just talked about the war, and that's really horrible, and we're hoping that gets resolved. But what's going on in New York City? In New York City, Manhattan specifically, the real estate market continues to be extremely strong. This is now going one year in a row. Um, in fact, every month for the last 11 months, Douglas Elliman has broken $1 billion in sales volume wow. in, uh, in New York City. So wow. our biggest challenge right now is that we don't have enough of good property listings. And this has turned into a seller's market, not a buyer's market, a seller's market. Um, so it's very, very strong. There are pockets where you, there's still very good value. Uh, Midtown is very good value, especially the Sutton Place area. There's a lot of turnover in those properties in Sutton Place. They're primarily co-ops. Um, many have river views, but you can get a one-bedroom. Still, you can get a one-bedroom in the 700, 800s. You can get uh, a two-bedroom for close to a, a million dollars. So that's that's great value. Yes. Um, downtown, of course, continues to be explosive. That's probably 45% of the sales of Manhattan are downtown, followed by the Upper East Side. Um, what's moving fast on the Upper East Side are all the new developments. Um, yeah, people like new, huh? New. New, shiny new, where you could just move in. Well, you know, everyone's coming off of the pandemic and has an understanding of a supply chain issue. Renovations are, are um, lagging, and what's happened is that there's a lot of people who wanted to do renovations in their properties in these uh, co-ops and condos, but because of the pandemic, it all got put on hold. So there's a backlog of people waiting. So if you purchase a co-op or a condo that needs a gut renovation, you need to be prepared for um, a wait, for a wait for approval, a wait to get the work going, and a wait for the materials to arrive. However, that's where there's opportunity as well. If you can wait, then you can get a great value on a property that needs to be renovated. The premium properties are totally renovated properties. 
there's about a 20% premium today for something that is mint moving condition. So in other words, if you can wait and live with the uh, property without the renovations and, you know, do them yourself, basically, over time, because I know there's a lot of strict rules on when you can do it, what times you can do it, and there's a backlog on, on, on items. I mean, I heard there were, you know, I know uh, in the suburbs they can't get garage doors because it's just, I don't know, what they didn't make enough for, there's a backlog. But then you're getting, uh, you'll, you'll end up being able to be in the city. And you know what I always tell people? Just get your foot in the door. You'll be able to get in, right? Yeah, but you know, it's still vibrant. If you can, if you can find a property and get away with just a, a very clean paint job and maybe refinishing the floors, and you can live with that um, for two years, then there's an opportunity to get something at a great buy. Um, if you can live with it for for two years and then look to do the renovation once we've passed this period. So you have to know how to find these opportunities. And, of course, I'm going to promote brokers because they're the ones who know the opportunities. Absolutely. You know, Alfred, in the, earlier in the show, I said that, you know, he was my favorite Beatle, and I am dating myself, that Paul McCartney put his house, his home up for sale in New York City. And um, it was a lot less than he paid for it. But basically, the, they said he just, you know, it's white, you know, white walls, like, you know, just white walls and, you know, clean slate, do what you want with it. What advice would you give someone? First of all, I'm sure you tell them if you're going to sell your house in the next year or so, put it on now, it's a great time, or your apartment. But what advice would you tell a seller who was going to put their apartment um, on the market and, of course, with Douglas Elliman, what would you tell them they should do ahead of time? Oh, you want to prepare the property so that when someone comes to look at it, they can envision themselves in the space and that they're not distracted by your own personal things in the property. You know, there's, there's, there's decorating to live and there's decorating to sell. And those are two different things. They could both be beautiful, like but they're very different. One is, you know, the comfort of you living in your own home. The other is allowing a potential buyer to come in and not be distracted, but to only be able to appreciate the enhancements of the space, the light, the view, um, uh, ceiling height, things like that. So those are two very different things, and a good broker can advise you on that as well. Good. So I think we have a quick break, and Alfred, if you stay on, we'll continue talking about Manhattan and the surrounding areas.
Our friend Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, has a special for you. Mike has asked me to make a special announcement. He is running a flash sale on Giza Dream Sheets. This is the best offer ever. 60% off. Sheets as low as $39.99 while supplies last. Go to MyPillow.com right now. Click on the radio listener specials for 60% off on Giza Dream Sheets. Mike's also offering a great discount on his popular MyPillow slippers, now 50% off with your promo code. That's right, 50% off on MyPillow slippers and 60% off Giza Dream Sheets with the promo code AM970. All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. 800-651-0798 for all of these great specials. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. If you love Broadway, movies, and music, then tune into Broadway at the Russian Tea Room, Sunday afternoons at 5. Host Rob Taub interviews the biggest stars, writers, and directors, plus film and theater critics, along with people behind the scenes, from doctors and fitness experts to casting directors, stagehands, and dressers. It's the only show of its kind, and it's right here on AM 970, The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm here with Alfred Renner, uh, the, one of the most experienced, knowledgeable, handsomest managers I know in New York. How's that? Um, Thank you. And we're talking about New York City and what's going on, and, you know, it. it We've always said, I've always said, you heard me say it a million times, uh, never bet against New York because you will lose. And um, we've been through this. They're 9-11. No one's ever going to live here. No one's going to buy a high building. No one's going to move downtown. The exact opposite happens. And, um, you know, this, the same thing. And, hey, it's never been busier. It's like on fire because there is no place like New York. And, you know, um, I think that Alfred. I don't know, and I know you. You feel the same way. You're a big. Your whole family. Alfred's whole family is invested in real estate and 
they're all involved in real estate all over the place. Uh, with with prices like this, so what do you see the future? Do people say, well, you know, is it too high to buy now? Uh, but I think it's back to the prices it was I, right before the pandemic. Would you say that, or do you think it's higher? Um, you know, there are pockets in the city, Dottie, and and over the last decade, or let's say the last decade, there's been a shift. The 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 most premier properties have always been historically Fifth Avenue, Central Park West, right. And, right. and Park Avenue. Okay, and um, you know those were the the top of the top, the cream of the cream. And now right. this competition with those pre-war buildings facing facing the park, and those are the uber luxury uh, condominiums where you've got 20-foot ceilings and walls of glass and huge open flowing spaces, um, whether they're uptown, midtown, or downtown. And when someone's going to spend $10 million or $15 million, they're now considering those properties as well. So there's been this competition for those primary addresses. Um, those condos have soared in value. And the older properties on Park and Fifth and um, Park Avenue and Central Park, Central Park West, they have not soared. And it's a big challenge that we have with sellers because they understand the market as a whole has been rising, but not on some of these properties, especially if they don't have park views. The big difference is in a modern building um, that's on that faces the park, you can see the park from just about any place in the apartment because it's a wall of glass. These older right. buildings, you have to walk up to the windows to see the park. That's a big change. Um, and, you know, the kitchen is a very big part now of, of your living space. In these older properties, the, the kitchen is, was tucked away because someone was doing the cooking for you. Um, so that, that has affected the growth in, those, in that value. Where prices have soared um, is Brooklyn. Brooklyn, if you think Manhattan's on fire, Brooklyn is explosive. And, really? you know, 10 years ago, people wanted to live in Manhattan, not Brooklyn. The opposite. We have so many Manhattanites moving to Brooklyn. We have Brooklynites moving to Manhattan, but Brooklyn—you um, can't find a property. If you can, you gotta you gotta buy it the same moment you see it, because um, everything there just about sells for more than the asking price. If you can find something. Yeah, well, so, Alfred, I think you would agree that I told—I think I said it last week. If you're looking to buy a property in the market we are currently in. It's work. You have better see everything. And when your broker calls you up and says something, you something's out that I think you're going to like. You have to beat. You have to do it in a nanosecond, or make an offer. Okay, see it virtually and make an offer because things are not going to last. It is like a quick moving market. It's very fast moving market. Another market that's also very fast is the Hamptons. Um, we have offices in the Hamptons as well. And anything under $2 million, especially if it doesn't need work, flies off the shelf. Flies off the shelf. And a million dollars that needs work, and people are willing to do the work, especially do the work in houses. Um, it's a little easier than apartments. They don't last more than a few days. 
So we're still, we see this movement. And I think this movement is going to continue all through this year and probably into next year because for a lot of people have made lifestyle changes as a result of the pandemic. People have thought through their lives, how they, how they work, how they want to work. People are more comfortable with remote working now or part in the office and part outside of the office. Um, or people no longer want to wait to move to Florida, or people no longer want to wait to get a pied terre in Manhattan. People have shifted their priorities, and they're, they're triggering what they want in their lives. And that takes a while to do. It's not just one year of change. It's going to be multiple years of change. And I think that's going no. to contribute to a strong market. I think, I think you're right. And just for the record, I, and predictions are only as good as they are predicted, but, you know, I've looked up. You know, the, you know, the next three years, because first of all, there's more buyers than inventory. There's no inventory. So you have a backload of buyers out there uh, that didn't find anything yet. And the millennials is a big group. They're the largest demographic and they're all in that mode. And I think, as you said, Alfred, with people being able to work um, in their home, you know, and just be in the office, sometimes that allows them to really live in many different places, or I, I see the rise of second homes as big. I mean, you know, where you yeah. wish you can really, you know, I think second homes like that will be really booming the all second home markets because people now can spend more time there. And, the, and because people are spending more time in their second home, their needs in that second home has changed. So that's why right. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're buying a new second home. Um, they want more space. People want a working area in their, in their house, um, especially However, if you have more than one person. Yeah. If I can say this, and I, 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 I think I said this last week, Alfred, you know, I um, have been in real estate, as you have, many years. And I just remember that when I started real estate, I mean, it wasn't as sophisticated as it is today by any means. But somebody said, oh, Donnie, just here. When you get a buyer, just sit down and say, there's a, just sit down and say, make a piece of paper and have a line down the middle and put must-haves and want-to-haves and put the must things that you must have and then things that you want to have. Because, look, Everything is a compromise in life, and like if you um, can afford to build the house of your dreams and have the money to, even if you build it, you'll finish building it and find something that you should have done differently. So you, you have to make decisions on compromises too, and you can really get some good deals. I think if, if the house really isn't all done up, because as Alfred said, you're going to get a premium. I know it looks great. And if you don't mind waiting, um, you know, and doing the things, you're fixing that as you go along, um, you might be surprised what you can afford. But you really have to be on top of the market, work with a good broker that knows the market, and then have everything, have your pre-qual, and be ready to go. You know, because if you wait around, you just won't, you just, you'll lose. Because there still is a lack of inventory. Has it loosened up a little or not yet? I don't see any loosening yet, Dottie. And yeah, what's happening presently is the interest rates 
are rising. They're still low. I mean, if, if they're getting a loan for 4%, that's still overall low. Yes, Alfred, are- I was telling people, we worked in a market when it was up to 12, 13, 14%. So it's still low to me. Yes. But what happens is that people buy a house based on the monthly cost, right? If you have a mortgage, insurance, and real estate taxes. And as that monthly figure climbs, um, people want to get into that house before it climbs any further. Uh, you know, you, everyone wants the lowest monthly payment possible. So that, again, is pushing people to try and lock down on a, on a property. But you have to remain flexible, Dottie. You've got to be completely open-minded. Everyone starts with their dream and in mind of what they want, but you've got to be flexible either in the location or the price or the condition or the property uh, the neighborhood, you've got to, you have to be flexible in order to lock down something. And like you just said, you have to be able to write a check tomorrow. If I'm taking you out today and you see that perfect house, can you sign a contract tomorrow? You need to be in that position. And the only way you are in that position is if you do everything ahead of time, like we're always saying, you know, you get pre-qualified, you have everything in order, you have your attorney. And I always tell people the team that you put together is really important. You know, and you have a you have your broker, you have your real estate attorney, and I stress use a real estate attorney, not your son-in-law who does divorces and he doesn't want to do it anyway. Uh, and right. you've got to, but Alfred, don't we? You've got to ask your attorney before you hire them. Are you going to be quick to do the write the contract for me, or are you going to? Because you know we've seen it where the attorney takes forever. Or the you know the, the so and the people can lose their deal. Somebody comes in in the interim, so you've got you know, to have an attorney. Talk yeah, about you made that. an interesting po- you made an interesting point where a buyer and or a seller, if possible, likes to use a, a family member as an attorney or a friend as an attorney and give them the business. And I understand that. However, when you are purchasing or selling real estate, especially in the New York City Manhattan condominium co-op market. You really need to have an experienced attorney that understands the nuances of this, this specific type of buying, because you don't want to lose you don't want to lose time. And if that contract gets to your attorney on a Monday, you want to turn that around and have that contract signed, executed, and sent back with your escrow, you know, by Wednesday, because someone else is going to come along. And just because the contract is out doesn't mean you have exclusivity to buying that property. So Those are words of wisdom, that. Alfred. Those are words of wisdom, and I hope that you come on the sh- on the show regularly because you're terrific, and everybody oh, wants to know about New York. I'd love to. Thank you for having me, Dottie. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Have, have a great weekend, everybody. Sorry. Be here next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.